Hello, Denverite members. We are back with another episode of our podcast, and as promised, it did not take as long as it did last time. Uh, Today, we want to talk a little bit about last week's election. Uh, We've got Dave Sachs and Esteban Hernandez here to tell us a little bit about what they saw out there in the field uh, and a little bit about what we can expect next now that we're heading into a runoff election. They've both got a lot to say, so I'm just going to get out of the way and let them talk. David, Esteban, how are you? Pretty good. How are you? Doing well. How are you? I'm I'm, I'm all right. Good. Good. Great. We have a lot of enthusiasm at the end of an election (laughs) week, I see. So let's dive right in uh, with that energy. I want to talk about election night itself first, um, because I think that's a pretty unique experience that not a lot of not a lot of people have. What's it like out there? Like, what are you seeing and hearing at these parties? Well, there was. uh, I mean, I think at the beginning there's a lot of excitement. Everyone is obviously eagerly awaiting the results, and um, there really is like the the thinking that anything can happen. So. Um, as soon as I actually got there, I went to Lisa Calderon's watch party, which also served as the uh, party for Can- uh, Candice Hidabaka for uh, District 9. And um, there was a lot of energy there. Uh, it was really fun. Uh, it was good, pretty good music. There was, uh, I heard a Selena song. Ooh. So that was the yeah. first time I heard one at a watch party. Um, so, you know, there, there was a lot of energy there. Um, and then uh, the first results were shown to uh, were shown on screen around seven p.m. And that's um, I think when when uh, people there saw that like they started feeling a little more reserved, but there was still sort of that vibe that like okay, it's not over because I mean it wasn't. Mm-hmm. So, um, but then that slowly started to fade away, at least for the folks that were there for call their own, as they realized that um, she wasn't going to get enough uh, support for the runoff. Um, but it was a different story for uh, for Candy City Bacchus folks. They were um, actually kind of uh, they were pretty close as far as the final results. So um, it was kind of interesting to see uh, that dynamic. They both came out and they addressed the the crowd. They both got a cha- a chance to uh, to speak to their supporters. And um, Sidibaka was very emotional and I think also very inspiring to the people there. I mean, there was people like in tears. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was standing feet away from her, photographing her and photographing Lisa. And um, it was, you know, you really do get the sense that, at least in that room, that the people there felt like she can really be, you know, a sort of effective for change. And they really believe in her, um, which is, you know, which was really interesting to see. It's mm-hmm. just the, the reactions. And then, um, so that was my experience. And I was there until I think about 11 ish, maybe. It's not, not bad. Sure. Yeah, it's it wasn't so bad. too bad. Yeah, yeah. Because by that, at that point, um, we knew uh, the, there's different media outlets that had already called the mayoral race for mm-hmm. um, it was going to be between Hancock and Gillis. Um, and Lisa hadn't yet. Conceded, so she left, um, and Candace people were still there, and they sort of started brainstorming and um, talking to these supporters and letting them know. You know, she actually made that joke like, "All right, we get you know twenty something more days of <laughs> of convincing people to to try and vote for us." 
Um, so I think the the planning. I mean, you saw it in real time. Like the the second phase of her campaign started that night essentially because they're like, all right, we're gonna go to a runoff. This is what we have to start doing. So that's what I witnessed. That's cool. It's like there's one, there's there were. It sounds like it's like two very different experiences between Calderon and Cidabaca. Mm-hmm. Which I think is really interesting, mm-hmm. and and I and I remember uh, Kevin got there, and there was there was two screens up, right? There was one screen uh, on one side of the room, and another screen on on like well, two, obviously two sides of the room, and one of them was focusing on uh, Calderon's numbers, and the other one was focusing on on Candy's numbers, and um, during the second time the numbers were updated i just remember feeling man like we might get like two different completely different reactions right because i think candy was closer and lisa wasn't so um i remember standing there and going like man what if like one part cheers like ah and then everyone's like kind of quiet and Mm -hmm. what ended up happening is they both sort of looked at the same um image and and there was a there was a guy there sort of slowly scrolling through because it was connected to his laptop oh. slowly scrolling through it and some people were like stop you're going too fast wait <laughs> wait wait and um it was also really interesting to to hear people's reactions um like almost it, like immediately like it, they made it really very clear who they supported and who they didn't mm-hmm. there was you know there was kind of some booing um when when um people they they didn't support were, were shown to be you mm-hmm. know in the lead in some of these races so yeah so I was at Michael Hancock's event and what I thought was really interesting is that no journalist, no no person who was at the event saw the mayor until um, just after the second batch of results came in. So just after 830, um, it was as if, you know, his campaign didn't want him out there before we knew exactly what was going to happen, which, of course, we learned later um, would be a runoff between him and Jamie Gillis because neither one of them got more than 50 percent of the vote. Um, so it was it was very sort of um, polished event mm-hmm. uh, with a lot of people um, and you know people putting it on knew what they were doing. Um, I, would, I would say there were probably a few hundred people there. Um, and interestingly, it was next door to um, City Councilman Albus Brooks' party um, election night party, who was actually running against Candy Cedavaca. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was funny because they made the distinction: one was at Exto Event Center and one was at Tracks. Um, which are the same building, if you're familiar. Yeah. Um, so I thought that was that was fun. Um, when the mayor came out, you know, a lot of people cheered. Um, I think a lot of uh, people with maybe a less sophisticated sense of uh, of of what um, the numbers actually meant still thought he had a chance actually to get fifty percent of the vote, but um, the the percentages barely but barely budged throughout the night. So um, there was a little bit of I guess deflating. Um, there, there was, there was some deflation. There was some deflation. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> um, I think that's a word. Yeah, that's <laughs> sure. That's a word that usually has to do with the economy. But um, or is that inflation? Also balloons. 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 Okay. Yeah, inflation. Uh, um, this is my first podcast. So. Mine too. <laughs> Um, I thought something really cool that happened, um, which I thought was funny um, slash interesting, was we were all communicating throughout the night, right? Ashley, our editor, was at um, at the home base, um, sort of uh, making sure the up the results were updated and coordinating everybody, um, and we were all talking uh, throughout the night. And I asked uh, uh, Michael Elizabeth Sackis, who uh, was stringing for us as a Colorado Public Radio reporter because we're part of CPR. 
um, to get a quote from Jamie because she was at Jamie Gillis's uh, party and I wanted to get a reaction quote um, to the fact that she'll, she will be in a runoff with the mayor and um, she went to do that and then we found out that actually she had no idea. <laughs> she had no idea yeah. that she was in a runoff with the mayor. Um, so actually, uh, we Kevin got a really good picture of Jamie Gillis learning from Michael Elizabeth Sackis that she was in a runoff with the mayor and that the mayor at the party I was at had just basically conceded that she um, would be in a runoff with him, which is not a total loss, but I mean, you know, that's not a victory for, it's more of a victory for um, Jamie than it, than it is for Hancock, who yeah. was the favorite. And so let's, let's talk runoffs, the, the quick rundown of the runoffs. I mean, where, which ones are, do you think are going to be the tightest? Because I think like, you know, some of them went into runoffs because there were a bunch of candidates, but there was still, you know, like one of them got say 40% and then it was a bunch of smaller ones. Whereas other ones like Candy mm -hmm. and Albus were incredibly close. So which ones are going to be the like real down the wire races? Albus Brooks and Candy Cedabaca for sure, because mm -hmm. they were so close and, and, Kenny Cedabaca kept gaining on him every time Denver Elections released a new batch of votes. Um, I think uh, the final was 44% to 42% about. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so, um, and that's a very visible district. Um, district 9, it's downtown, Five Points, Whittier, you know, where Union Station, where all this stuff is happening. Mm -hmm. So I think that'll be really um, um, interesting and, and um, um, fruitful for us journalists. That race will be fruitful for us. <laughs> Great. I think District 3 is going to be really close as well mm -hmm. between uh, uh, Jamie Torres and Veronica Barella. It, I think they were also separated by like five or six percentage yeah. points. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if they can um, get people out of voting because I think the district historically has had pretty low voter turnout. And mm -hmm. I think the last time I checked from the 11 districts, it had the, the lowest number of overall people who voted. I think it was like just over 5,000 people who mm -hmm. voted in that district. Um, so I think that's going to probably be the second close after District 9. And then I think um, probably District 5 between the incumbent Mary Beth Sussman and yeah. Amanda Sawyer, just by virtue of that. she Mary Beth Sussman was the only incumbent that didn't get uh, a higher percentage uh, votes than the, mm -hmm. their challenger so it'll be interesting to see if her supporters actually come out and and, uh, and vote for her now that they know that she's kind of in a tight race yeah. another interesting point is that um, at least since 2003 there has not been one incumbent in a runoff um, and we have several this year so yeah that's pretty really interesting. interesting it means yes. that a lot of people have come out yeah we have three in the council race mm -hmm. plus the mayors so. mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and we are looking at the possibility of an all or a majority excuse me majority female council which is something that's mm -hmm. definitely something yeah i hadn't actually thought of that much so yeah we um, talked about it uh briefly i mm -hmm. think afterward um i mean that would be really interesting because then that would sort of um, fall in line with what happened in the General Assembly, um, right? The, right. In the, the House of Representatives, I believe, mm -hmm. has a higher uh, percentage of women than, than men. It's one of the only, I believe, two in the country that's and, like that. And Jamie Gillis, if she wins the, mm -hmm. you know, if she wins the mayoral race, then, you know. She would be the first woman to yeah. be mayor of Denver. Who run this woman. Mm-hmm.
who run the city woman. Mm-hmm. I've trained you well. Um, <laughs> let's talk about the late-breaking uh, news that the media, national media, likes the most. Mushrooms. Mm-hmm. Well, I think, we should, I think our mushroom reporter should answer <laughs> yeah. all these questions. Stemon, okay, I'm the mushroom reporter. I'm a mushroom reporter now. Um, well, let, let's let's yeah. preface this by like calling even calling you that is kind of hilarious because mm-hmm. we had you write like one story on it in advance yeah. mm-hmm. because not a lot of people were talking about it. There no. wasn't a big movement pushing against it very hard. Exactly. Even the movement yeah. for it wasn't making a lot of noise. Yeah. And so we wrote a story just in case it passed. Didn't think we were going to need it. And then all night, they started creeping closer and closer and closer. Mm-hmm. By the time the results came out at 1 a.m., I was like, oh, shit, this might happen by tomorrow. I might mm-hmm. wake up tomorrow in a city that decriminalized psychedelic mushrooms. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's what happened. Mm-hmm. And now you're the mushroom reporter. You well, we did, you didn't wake up because it didn't happen until late in the afternoon true, the next true, day. True. Yeah. And, I, and I remember you were looking at your face because I, I, I looked at the results. And I looked at the percentages only and assumed that the higher percentage was no on mushrooms. Uh-huh. And then I had to do a double take and I was That's like, right. wait a minute, mushrooms won. And then Ashley went into. Um, I think I, I made know, the same face Jamie made. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think yeah. I made the same exact face. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, I was actually in an interview. So I had my phone on airplane mode, you know, because I was recording. Mm-hmm. And then I, I got out and I went to my car and I checked my Slack messages. And it was you, and you just said so, and then it was linked as a link to my published story, you know? <laughs> and uh, I had a reaction with some some choice words. Um, but I think it's funny that you point that out that um, the effort didn't have like an organized um, uh, opposition, yeah, like like three hundred did. Like we saw that, um, and I think that might have ended up benefiting them mm-hmm. because nobody was telling people not to vote for this they were just getting most people were getting messages um for it so i think you know yesterday they held a press conference um the organizers were there they were you know they were basically steps away from the same spot they were five months ago when they went to go drop off signatures to to even get this on the ballot i mean i think they're excited for a chance to start a conversation about what this means and how it could potentially benefit people um, who use uh, psilocybin mushrooms for uh, medicinal mm-hmm. purposes. And um, when they started, that was kind of their big goal. It's like, we want this as a step toward eventually making this um, legal for uh, medicinal use. Mm-hmm. Um, it, some of the folks there have used it to treat depression, uh, anxiety, and I was told there's folks who also use it for PTSD um, and they use it as a as a painkiller um, so I, I think the the big sort of overarching message that I got from this that I didn't really get to put in my story was that this kind of goes to show you how like yeah this is the second time Denver has, has, has decriminalized um, think a, a drug that is still illegal it's still considered illegal by the feds, but it's also like an example of what can happen when people actually mobilize mm-hmm. and um, they get serious about trying to make change. And that and that's exactly what happened. I mean, they had to collect signatures to make sure that enough people would want it on mm-hmm. the ballot, and then they got it on the ballot. And I think that's a really cool process that the city of Denver has. I mean, the entire state has that, right? Mm-hmm. If you get enough signatures for something, you can put it before voters. So I read an article... Um, claiming that Joe Rogan had something to do with this because 
he was telling his this followers is to me. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, he was telling his followers in Denver to vote for vote for this. And Joe Rogan has a giant following. I don't mm-hmm. listen to the guy actually, but his podcast is apparently really, really popular, like number one and number two in the country, wow. I think. Um, so um, I don't know how many Denver followers he has, wow. but didn't you know, know that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he might have mobilized yeah. some people. Also, I found it really interesting um, that uh, it, everyone who voted four mushrooms were later voters because it was losing up until Mm -hmm. 1am so the later ballots that came in were the ones that really put it over over the top which Mm -hmm. i thought was interesting well the bulk of the ballots came in Mm -hmm. um like if you looked on the denver elections website stats they 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 actually break it down by like how many they got per day and there's a kind of a a, a decent number like right when the ballots drop and then it's like almost nothing almost nothing almost nothing and then boom huge spike on election day election day still matters even though we have mail-in ballots yeah because we're all procrastinators yeah Yeah. i drop mine off on election day morning every year (laughs) mushroom takers or non-mushroom takers we're all procrastinators the organizers did say that they they thought that they might have gotten a push from uh from younger voters who they think tend to vote late and a teen source who we won't name uh, <laughs> told us that some 18-year-olds may or may not have been voting for it because they found it funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So there's that, too. Right. Um, okay, we're going to not talk about 300 because we could get Donna in here to talk about that literally all day. Mm-hmm. So we're just going to skip that one. What are, what, are our, what are our final takeaways? What are the highlights? What are the um, outtakes? I wish we could have a little, like, gag reel. Um, well, I think um, it was really great to see the, the, the voter turnout. I mean, it was 44%. Mm-hmm. It was higher than 2011, 2015, and, and 2007. So that was really positive to see. Um, and I think a next step for us would, would maybe try and figure out what, you know, what led to that? Why was there such a, a jump? I mean, mm-hmm. in, in 2015, the, the voter turnout was less than 30%. And we think part of that was because, uh, you know, Mayor Hancock's didn't wasn't facing as organized as competition as he did this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and then David has brought up the point that um, he's, did you say you you heard based on, on polling that maybe, you know, we didn't talk about 300, but maybe 300 was also partially responsible mm-hmm. for the uh, the uptick in in voter turnout. Yeah, yeah. Kevin... more people cast ballots or mm-hmm. cast a vote mm-hmm. uh, yeah. for three, four against three hundred than for mayor. That's right. Kev, yeah. Kevin and I went out. He was shooting some picture in his pictures, and I was just doing man on the street type stuff on election day, just talking to voters and asking them what brought them out. And I mean, this is obviously not scientific, but um, anecdotally, everyone was saying you know initiative three hundred, which was um, ending, which would have ended. Um, the urban camping van and then the mushrooms is what brought them out so um, I mean I even talked to someone who voted only for the initiatives and didn't vote for mm-hmm. anybody else mm-hmm. so uh, yeah uh, and the numbers back that up so yeah. um, that's one takeaway the other takeaway is that we have a month more of elections mm-hmm. we have so many runoffs um, <laughs> we thought we were gonna like you know I don't know breathe. hit the brakes a little yeah. bit breathe but um, you know it's not over and um, data show at least so 2011 was the last municipal runoff we had and um, for mayor, mm-hmm. and that was um, uh, Mayor Hancock was in that, and yeah. he won, and um, more voters turned out for that runoff than they did the general yeah. municipal election. Mm-hmm. And that was his first election, right? He that was his first election. Yet. He was not an incumbent. Yeah. 
Well, I look forward to doing this all again yeah. <laughs> in less than a month, I think. Yeah. yeah less than a month. Uh, in the meantime, if you have any questions about the runoff election for these guys, you can send them to tips at denverite.com. Uh, and we'll see you out there. Thanks, boss. Thank you, Ashley. <laughs> oh, I should have called it Dean Meister. And there you have it. Everything is crazy. Uh, we uh, will be back again, uh, hopefully within the next couple of weeks. I don't know what we'll have to talk about next time. Maybe even more election stuff, though I don't want to drown you in politics. So this podcast is for you. If you do have any suggestions or any pressing questions about, you know, any recent Denverite stories, uh, the way we do things here at Denverite, you know, this is um, this is kind of your podcast. It's your time. So just email me at a d e a n at denverite.com and uh we'll see if we can answer your questions see you out there denver